Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. WFNZ, Mac and Bone Show. Willie P in for Bone. P-Man bringing energy, baby. He is bringing energy for the whole city today. A lot of people trying to extinguish my flame this morning, and all you're doing is just fanning it, man. <laughs> you just fanning it. You cannot put out my flame. <laughs> hey, now. I respect your energy, P-Man. I respect your energy. I also... I also will read, if you tend to do this, and I'm not uh, saying you should, but if you take some shots at Willie P, I will probably read your text. All right, I will. Let your flames... Flame. I will read some of those texts. I'm not. I'm not saying that that you should, but I would read them. 704-570-9610. Let's have the conversation, Willie. Mm. And I hate to say it, man. We've been I've been here a long time in this market. I've had this conversation way too many times about Panther games, but we got to talk through the latest one. You and I were both at the game, and the way the press box is situated, we're on the home side of the field, the Panthers bench side we get the same of the look, field. We get the same look, y'all. I'll get it home. So we, yeah, okay, good way of putting it. So we see right into the roadside, right behind the road benches. And I'll be damned if yesterday wasn't another one of these days where those, all those lower sections right there behind the bench are majority purple. Especially the gray seats, too, in the second deck. Yeah, that's it. And that's where you start getting into the club seats, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where, where you're dealing not, with that. Those are not cheap seats. Not at all. Not at all. Um, and, then you look at there was a time where we were trying they were trying to get the it was right after Tutin Reyes was uh, hitting the keep pounding drum and like mm-hmm. in the middle of second second half during one of the breaks and then the keep pounding chant starts up but it is literally matched by the skull chant the annoying clap over your head yes. and the chant which was driving me crazy and it's like they broke up the keep pounding chant or at least like negated it or canceled it out and then i'm leaving the game and usually i'll leave a game you know i'll do pregame i won't do much after the game so usually i can kind of get out of there pretty quick but my son little mac was there with some friends um uh, and so i had to kind of walk around the stadium to go meet up with them sure so i'm walking through everybody leaving and I mean, it's it's purple clad mobs chanting skull and clapping. It's 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 like I couldn't get away I, from them. I'll say this: I hate the terrible towels probably more than anything. But the skull chant is rising up the uh, the ranks of the things that are probably the most annoying thing that I've ever. Uh, it's it's annoying. Ever and heard. why are you so excited that you're cheering on tobacco products? And, I don't understand. And, I just I don't and, get it. And here's the other thing too. I know we had this discussion two years Nothing, ago. I'm not getting anything. People for that. told me no. I was, nah, was good. I'm not getting. That was good. I was more of a Copenhagen man myself. <laughs> but um, no, the the thing that people kept saying oh well Wells Fargo's got a big big hub here and of course they're headquartered in Minnesota. Those people aren't all Minnesota, like, uh, Wells Fargo employees. And, and I've talked to some Can't people be, about so this. Many. I've talked to people about this who live in other markets. It is cheaper for a lot of those people to come to a place like Charlotte, 
And I say like Charlotte because it's the, the airport's nice, a lot of hotels around uptown, the stadium is uptown, and it's a pretty cheap flight to get in here. And because of the way the secondary market goes, it's cheaper for them to go to a game in a road city than it is in their own home city. So I have I, I don't doubt that there were flights from Minneapolis that were flooded with people in purple coming down here to Charlotte over the last three or four days. So here, you know, no, you're right. I, I, I see what you're saying. People, I saw people. I saw two people on city tours with like the little uh, little pedal bu- uh, little pedal uh, deal going around town. They were going right past the Spectrum Center yesterday. They were all wearing Viking stuff here. Yeah. Two days later. Yeah. And I get it. Like it's the, the you know it's nice to come down here to a southeastern city. You know it's a nice uh, little trip Snowbirds. for them. Here's my question though. How much does this aggravate you, especially if you were at the game? Like, does it bother you? Um, the word embarrassing has been used by a bunch of texters t- yesterday and today. Um, I've heard calls, heard callers to your post game, Willie, when I was driving home, you know, that said it's embarrassing. It, does it embarrass y'all? Like, cause there's as much as it annoys me. And I really like have seen this NFL market grow over the years. And I take pride in, in this market growing. And maybe if we played a, a small role in making this a better NFL town, I know the roaring riot has, it bothers me. But by the same token, I do realize, Willie, like mm. this wasn't happening on Cam and Luke's watch. Well, here's the, here's like, the, when this team was good and this team was badass, yeah, there'd be enemy fans, but they wouldn't take over that whole side behind the road bench. That's embarrassing. But I do at least recognize the team's role in this as well. So well, I'm wondering. I don't know. I see, but you know what I mean? I, I, I can place blame on. On fans and people selling tickets, but ultimately, if the product's better, we've seen this market is not going to allow it to happen to I'm, that degree. I'm wondering how much it's become corporate in a lot of those seats. Because yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering, I mean, I know there are a lot of day one OG Panther PSL owners, but I'm wondering how many of those have turned into brokers. Because you mentioned it, it's literally the same four or five sections, sections that every, are across the way it's every, every week. And I'm wondering if they're literally just. They have those seats in their building, and they either give them to people in their building who are from out of town, or they're just putting them on Ticketmaster, Ticket Exchange, or StubHub. And I know that there are vehicles the Panthers try to use to get those into the hands of Panther fans. But for some reason, people think that their almighty dollar is better spent just putting that, it out there on the open market. That's the thing that bothers me. And maybe you're right. I know the KB, and that's why I, I am curious, though. Like, what's y'all's knowledge? Like, I'm not trying to tell people how to spend their money because the money's already spent, and I'm not trying to tell you how to how to live your life. I'm not trying but to be that kind of guy. could you sacrifice some dollars to ensure that it's like a Panther gotta, fan that goes to the game. Just, that, I've always asked this that question. Just tells that you sacrifice dollars. That just tells me you have no pride for this franchise. That, that's 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 the thing that bugs me. Is it's like, could you work a little harder, take a little bit less to get it in a Panther fan's hands? No, I understand this. The way the team has played the last few years, especially on the offense side of the ball, it might be harder. To sell those tickets than it was before. So I get that part of it. I I know there are plenty of people who I talk to who who could never go to a game or go one game a year. And like they'll they'll save up the whole year to go to that with their family of four. And I know people talk a lot about the concession prices. And I know that that's a big, big uh, thing for people that is a selling point to not go. But I'm telling you, man, it it, you you if you're a fan and you're seeing that. The, the fact that you aren't as ticked off as it's, people like us who are there every week are, and again, I know we're there at the, the at the behest of the Panthers and this radio station and all the good opportunities, and we don't take that for granted. I'm not trying to, to sit here on my ivory tower and, and preach here, but what I am saying is 
if you're a Panther fan, that should tick you off and figure out, okay, how do we take the people to task yeah. who continue to do this week after week You after brought up week. a legit question, though. Is it brokers? And I'm very curious what y'all might know about, like, the people that have. Some of y'all might be listening right now. The people that have the PSLs on that and the lower level on that road side, road mm-hmm. bench side, because it's happening all the time. And is it like brokers have those tickets? Like, do, like, do brokers own the PSLs? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. KB said... Uh, uh, he had people because he asked this question on Twitter when we yes. were talking about in the press box, and he said he had multiple people bring up what you brought up, which is a lot of those are corporate seats. Right. So whatever it is, it's not ideal, and man. It's I, not ideal was, to have it look like that on one side of the field because it is embarrassing on TV. And I get it. I, I get that the team has a burden to put something on the field sure. that we want to go see, but it just is not a good look for a fan and, base that I take a lot of pride fair, in. You know, to be, it fair, just isn't. to be fair to our stadium. We're seeing it a lot more with different buildings across the country. True. The, the Lions invaded Lambeau, which True. Has, seemed point. unthinkable. Uh, there were plenty. There was plenty of red, and it wasn't just Swifties at MetLife Stadium on Sunday night. There was plenty of Seattle blue <laughs> at, uh, at the Giant game uh, on Monday night as well. And you're seeing this happen with a lot of stadiums across the league. It, it, true. Home field advantage is maybe a thing at like maybe three or four buildings anymore. It's become a situation where. Each of these cities, it's become incredibly expensive to attend games in your city. It's become a lot easier to go to places that are down on their luck and watch them on the road. Well, let me see. Let's get to some text. You, know, you guys have said so much about this, and, and we're yapping away. Uh, let, let's see here. Uh, Big Tony. Man, they're going so fast. Y'all are texting them. This is great feedback. I sell tickets every Sunday if anyone's interested. That's six Tony. of them, he said. He is shameless. He is selling six of them. Uh, let's see. Now, and, and why is that? Because, like, is this a business proposition, Big Tony? Like, do you have those seats just to sell them? Is that what's going on, P? Mm. Like, I'm not saying that's smart business, but it hurts the I, – I, it just I, hurts the franchise. And, 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 and honestly, honestly, it does. And, and honestly, there's a reason why, you know, there's been a talk about trying to turn this into like, you know, you have to fill out a 1099 if you uh, have these have these seats and that kind of, kind of thing. Because I think people are trying to crack down on people basically turning themselves into independent brokers. Little mini business, yeah. Um, this, this texture says the product is garbage. It's not our obligation to buy this soft serve crap. Johnny says, I love the way Willie P and Max sit in that press box, eat free food and don't pay a cent. And it's our hurt of hard-earned money that needs listen, to be spent for every listen, game. Max sat out in the cold last year. Both of us did. We both were there. Oh, oh yeah, that, that is right. We were both there on Christmas Eve, paid money to go see that team in the stands. But to his year. point, froze my butt off. To his point, though, we're not paying. Like, I didn't have to do that. Say though. we spend thousands. Can we not recoup? Like this guy says, we spend thousands on season tickets. When the team stinks, I'll probably sell four games. When we're great, I'll sell none. Uh, pardon me for wanting to recoup some money back. Could you get them in the Panther fans' yes, hands? Or, or is I'm the market tell- so bad? Like, do Panther fans not want to go? I don't know. Is I, that- I, I find it hard to believe that there aren't Panther fans who want to go. If there wasn't a, and again, I know Roaring Riders tried to do this in the past, but yeah, there needs yeah, to be yeah. a more organized fashion to get those in. I'm, I'm not saying you can't sell your tickets, but like sell them to somebody who wants to go to these games. And I understand you might sit there and take a loss, but you don't want to do that. I actually had a Hornet fan who, who texted me. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to impugn them here and, and have them catch strays, but he said, apparently that uh, he was told he sold too many of his tickets 
and they wouldn't let them buy season tickets anymore. Mm. So I don't know if we need to start putting that provision in people's PSL uh, agreements. This texture says, my dad is in section 114, row 7. A lot of times he doesn't sell to his own financial detriment. He told me a lot of guys who refuse to sell in the past have been selling lately. Here's another one that's similar. Unnamed texter says, Mac, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm in those seats. I'm in those sections. And I used to, when it was Cam and Luke, I used to never sell. Lately, the product stinks, and I figure, what the heck? Let me get a little cash. If you sell the right games, like the Dallas game, you can almost break even on your tickets for the season. Yeah, I have, my, I have buddies that do this in Baltimore. Like, they would sell the Steeler game, and I would be like, why the hell are you selling that game? And it's just, oh, I can make all my money back I spent in that game. I understand it. It's just... A but lot of times you're, you're putting an this enemy fan Minnesota. in those seats, though. That's this is, the thing. This is freaking Minnesota. Like, they don't have a Super Bowl to their name, okay? Like, like this is a different scenario. Like, it's one thing if we're talking about Steeler fans or Cowboy fans or Niner fans. What have the Vikings ever freaking won in their life, please? Seriously. Why are we letting them in our stadium? Why are we being so welcoming? But why do you accept it with the uh, with like the Steelers and the Cowboys? Those are, those are traveling fan bases. Those are more but traditional it, traveling fan but bases. It all but, but, but it all happens the same way. It's the same thing, right? People that are willing to sell and sell for top dollar. Like Minnesota deserves an attaboy. I don't know where these people came from, but they cared enough about an 0 3 team. I'm the sure they bought them before. Came from but the they land cared of the enough to come down here. Land of the Juicy Lucy. Hey, now. Um, Find anyway. another place to hide cheese, pal. Forget about it. I don't know. It. it sucks. I understand there's an obligation on the team to put a better product out there. But this just – it's embarrassing on the field and this kind of stuff just – it hurts off the uh, off the field too. It just it just there's a lot of hurting, a lot of hurt. I'm pain. I'm feeling pain, Willie P. I'm I'm with you. I'm, uh. I'm I'm totally with you. And again, I'm 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 not trying to 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 come down on people, but what I am saying is, can you at least acknowledge it's a bad look? Like that's the thing that if you if you can meet me on one thing, it meet looks me on embarrassing. That. There are reasons that you can justify, but it just looks embarrassing. That's yeah. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from six to ten. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. It's the 1 o'clock hour on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ discussing 
the disappointing start to the season for the Carolina Panthers after falling 0-4 with the loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Who better to talk about all of the Carolina Panthers' struggles than Joe Person, who joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can find him on Twitter, at Joseph Person, and you can find his work on The Athletic. Great coverage, as always. Joe, we appreciate the time. How are you? What's going on, bud? It's going okay. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to make the best of it here in Panther land. <laughs> we're, we're trying our yeah. best, trying to figure out where to point the finger. And, and Joe, look, let's go to the old classic. Let's play some rank radio, shall we? It's a classic that we'll play here quite a bit on Wesson Walker. And I just wanted to know from you, uh, based off preseason expectations compared to the results that we've been given, where does this rank among the most surprising starts to a Panther season based off what you thought was going to happen at the beginning? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, am I surprised they're 0-4? I am. I, I, I didn't think they were going to be 3-1. and I mean, I mean, I don't know that I even thought they'd be 2-2, two and two, but I didn't think they'd be 0-4. So I guess mildly surprising. Um, the, the, the second half of this schedule always felt a little easier, not even the second half, but kind of that October schedule it, it would, uh, <laughs> after you get past the, the dolphins and, and the lions, I guess that is, but I, I don't know it, it, any way you slice it, it's been a, a, a pretty terrible start to the Br- Bryce young and Frank Reich eras, which, which will forever be linked. Um, and, uh, and you know, I, I I thought we'd see some more splash plays out of both of those guys. I thought we'd see Wright calling a few more and Bryce making a couple. And it's just been, you know, their their best offensive game was the one where, where Bryce Young was on the sideline. And look, I, I get it. it. Like it's a hard position, and and guys come to it. Some some rookies you know, don't, don't ever really turn it on until, you know, their second or third year, if, if they have the luxury to sit on the bench, but it's just, it's, it's just, and I've seen some good things out of Bryce. Like I'm not ready to flush. It. I mean, it, it does the, 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 the comparison to Stroud and Richardson is real and will forever be real. And those guys have gotten off to nice starts, but you know, I, I just haven't seen a ton and, and, there hadn't been a lot of help for Bryce Young, either in the form of playmakers or protection. But uh, I think I think the coaching staff needs to help him out more as well. Well, I, I think a lot of people agree with you, Joe, and that's where I wanted to go next because there are some people, very smart people, that evaluate NFL games all weekend long watching this Panthers offense not be very creative throw another and another and another screen pass, particularly to the right side, <laughs> just continuing to run a lot of the very same play. A lot of people are clamoring for Thomas Brown to be the play caller, not in a couple of weeks, but right now. Is it too soon to make that move to hand over play calling duties to offensive coordinator Thomas Brown? I mean, I don't think Frank Reich's going to do that. Um, this is his, you know, he built his own reputation on play calling. And I mean, I suppose I, I don't even know if it got to the point where if if he was forced to give up play calling this early, if Reich would do it. Um, but you know that that's if it keeps going down this road, then absolutely. That, that I think you're going to hear the the news, or excuse me, the noise and the clamoring get just louder and louder. But kind of like I said with Bryce, I, I'm not. 
I'm not ready to, to, to kind of flush Frank Reich as a play caller after four games. Um, I, you know, the, the Seahawks game looked pretty good offensively. Now, I, I know the run pass balance got, got ugly, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I think, I think some of this, here's what I feel like, honestly, I think that to, in its simplest form, it feels like the Panthers are trying to protect Bryce Young. And that means not, you know, they were never going to run him a lot, but like their unwillingness to even like have him keep, you know, on some options, some naked bootlegs, which would be terrific down in the red zone because nobody thinks they're going to let Bryce Young run. run. Um, the play calling last week that, that you referenced, like they were, they were fright, they played scared. They played scared against that Vikings um, zero blitz. And, and they're like, let's just get it out of his hands and we'll try to, and you know, in theory, it made some sense the first few times you did it, get, getting him some confidence. I mean, he did complete 18 passes in a row, but how many of those right. were at behind, behind or just past the line of script? There was a lot. And I'm with you, Joe. Like, I... I... It, it doesn't make sense to me, and it seems like you're trying to make sense of it a little bit as well. Frank Reich has given us nice production as an offensive mind in his Colts tenure, working with a bunch of different QBs. And you look at the offensive line, you look at the wide receivers, there are plenty of people pointing to the lack of talent in both of those rooms right now as the reason it's not working for Frank Reich, the play caller, or Bryce Young, the QB. Joe, I keep going back to the offensive line. I just think that is the most dramatic difference of what we thought coming into the season to what it's looked like in preseason and who, especially after that Brady Christian or Christensen injury, how many problems get fixed or something close to it? If the offensive line is just even average at this point, I think it would look better. I think it would definitely look better. And, but, but having said that when they looked good last year, the O line, they were running that downhill power running attack, but, Steve Wilkes and Ben McAdoo and Deontay Foreman and Bradley Bozeman. But this year they're running more zone scheme, like almost exclusively. And I don't know if that fits, especially I mentioned Bozeman. I don't know that that's really in his wheelhouse. Um, We'll see when Austin Corbett comes back. You know, I, I think he's, I think he has the ability to, 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 farewell as you know either in downhill attack or zone um but i never thought that that you know that we'd be sitting here in october early october talking about how important brady christensen and austin corbett are to this team because without them it has been a mess up front uh chandler savala has struggled i don't think i think throckmorton has done okay but i mean savala's really struggled Ike Aquanu has taken a step back in year two. And I think that's been disheartening because, you know, last year at this time, I think most of us were saying, well, hey, at least they've got left tackle figured out. That was a black hole for so long. But, yeah, the line, and then, I mean, we hadn't even talked about Hayden Hurst. And, you know, he's kind of missing person. And this was supposed to be the guy and the scheme that was going that would be married in a very productive 
part and piece of this offense, and it has not even come close to, to looking like that. Yeah, as you mentioned, going down the list, there are a lot of problems offensively, specifically, with this football team. That's the voice of Joe Person of The Athletic. Find him on Twitter, at Joseph Person. You can also check out his work and recent articles like the one discussing how it might be time for a rebuild, something that just dropped a couple of days ago by you, Joe. In the headline, it mentions, could trading Brian Burns be a part of it? Still an odd situation. You continue to go in the offseason without getting a deal done. Now here we are a month into the season. Still no long-term extension reach for Brian Burns and the Carolina Panthers. What are the chances the Panthers actually trade Brian Burns this time, unlike they did when they had the opportunity in the middle of a regular season? I mean, I think there's a chance. The problem is now is by holding on to him as long as you have and not getting a deal done, the return is going to be much less than what the, the Rams offered them last year, which was two first and a third, which was a huge haul. And I, I remember people in the organization telling me that, listen, it's easier to replace this right after Christian McCaffrey, by the way. So I think it was like, boy, do we really want to let, our best player on each side of the ball go. And I think how the Panthers rationalized it was McCaffrey, a running back in this league, um, was the, and, and this was not something they realized, you know, with, I mean, uh, before signing McCaffrey to the extension, but it would be easier to replace a running back than it would a premier pass rusher. And now you look and see what, what McCaffrey's done in San Francisco, and you wonder if, if they did, got enough out of that trade with, with the 49ers. But back to Burns. So I, I, if you were to get – if you had one team, maybe Marty Herney's team, which could stand another uh, edge rusher, if you had one team offer you a first and something else, I, I, I think I'd do it. I mean, I, I know Brian Burns likes it here. He, he, you know, he's, he's been a terrific player. You know, not necessarily to the level of a Bosa, but he's a very good player, good locker room guy. But, but you know, at what point, I mean, you get a first-round pick back, which you don't have by virtue of the, the trade with Chicago and the Bryce Young move. So it's something I would think very long and hard about. Joe, last question before we get you out of here. Lots of people writing in on the text line and asking us about David Tepper's meddling ways and how Bryce Young was a pick because David Tepper wanted Bryce Young to be the selection. And then they'll reference the time when Frank Reich was supposedly very interested in C.J. Stroud because he hadn't had a quarterback that he's worked with under 6'4". My question to you is how much does David Tepper actually deserve the meddling narrative that he received? so often i mean it's he he's very involved he he is very involved um and and you know and any owner would be involved when you've got the number one pick i thought tapper and and nicole were were extremely involved i mean it was obvious they're vis- mm-hmm. visible at all the pro days they go to dinner and and that's fine but you don't want to get so involved that the the football people feel like they maybe can't pick their guy. And I'm with you. I mean, my read early on in the in the pre-draft process, beginning with when they met with Derek Carr at the Combine, was that Frank Reich, given his druthers, would prefer a big quarterback. Um, whether that's Derek Carr, who's not huge, but bigger than Bryce Young, or if they were going to go the draft route, 
Richardson or Stroud. And um, I mean, they they all but said that. Like that, that Frank Reich told the story. I think it was on draft night that he goes into the first meeting. Maybe Bitter told the story right after he got hired. So late January, early February, they're having a, a draft meeting. Fitter says, we're going to go around the room and see what, what what everyone would like quarterback. This is scouts, assistant GM, so forth. And according to Fitter, it was unanimous for Bryce. And and Frank Reich wasn't there yet. Like, he wasn't at that point. And, he said, and Fitter said, take your time, you know, no rush. And then eventually they got on the same page. So I think that tells you where Frank Reich was at the beginning of the process. And, uh, but you know, listen, it's again, it's a, it's been a horrible month, but it's only been a month. So I, I know it's hard in this league to take a breath. And I mean, this, this season is going to, is going to be a wash at this point, regardless, but maybe if you get through this season later on in the year thinking, okay, Bryce actually is looking pretty good. It looks like he's going to be our guy. Then you consider it a win, but, but they're not there yet. Yeah, that just comes down to your uh, view on life. Is it a good thing that there's a lot of season left or a bad thing? I don't know. I, I hope it's a good thing. I hope it's a good thing, but only the Carolina Panthers can answer that. That is the legendary Joe Person joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Go follow him on Twitter. I imagine you probably are already. At Joseph Person of The Athletic. Joe, we appreciate the time uh, as always, my man. Thanks again. Walker, have a great week, man. Hey, man, you too. Appreciate it. That was good stuff. Uh, I don't know if you would expect anything else, but that was great stuff. We'll put that interview on our website, WFNZ.com. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Right, we're the home of the Charlotte Hornets. In the NBA, the Charlotte FC in MLS, uh, the Carolina Panthers, of course, right there in the middle of Uptown right now, giving us all this content and things to talk about this week. Could we soon be talking about a Major League Baseball team? Well, you know, I've longed, long pined for one here in the Queen City. And lo and behold, I look up last night and Tom Dundon, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, unquestionably the most successful professional franchise in the state of North Carolina. Tom Dundon says he might make my dreams come true and bring Major League Baseball to the state of North Carolina. And we have Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, and maybe a future Major League Baseball franchise with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Tom, it's been a couple of years, man. I appreciate the time. How you been? 
Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You got me excited. Worked up even. Um, I, I, I'm a baseball nut. I, I think that uh, the state of North Carolina is an ideal place for a major league baseball team. It, it sounds like you believe the same. How long have you felt this way? You know, I, look, I don't want to get you too excited because it's a very, <laughs> it's a very difficult process, and you know, it's it's a lot of work, and then you have to hope one they expand and two they pick us. But um, you know, I've always thought about before I bought the Hurricanes, I I looked at buying a baseball team, and you know, most most of us all grew up playing baseball and watching baseball, and so you know, to the extent that it's possible, I'm excited too. Who'd you grow up rooting or rooting for, by the way? Uh, I grew up actually in New Jersey. I rooted for the Phillies when I was a kid. They won the World Series when I was little, and then I moved to Texas and was a Texas Rangers. Wow! And they got they got not very good for a while, and I got into the Hurricanes, so I hadn't paid attention much. And now it's gotten more interesting. I like what they did with the rules. I do too. I really do. I, and shameless plug, I bring that up because I got Leo Mazzoni, longtime Braves pitching coach, on the show every week. He's a good friend. Uh, we've been shamelessly lobbying to be the radio crew for the for whatever Major League Baseball team comes to North Carolina. So we got you covered on that front. Um, That'd be perfect. Yeah. No. I, I, but in all seriousness, you know, I've said for a long time, admittedly that I think Charlotte is the place to put a baseball team. I think this city's ready. Um, but you, I know, are, are biased when it comes to Raleigh. You think it would work out there in Raleigh. Why is that? Look, I'm sure it'd work both places. I think it'd work in North Carolina. And, you know, there's I, – I don't know. I'm biased because I'm there. Right. Right. Um, more often. But I think what we have to do is make sure whatever, whatever happens, we give ourselves the best chance – to get a team in North Carolina. And so I don't know enough about the choices to have a, um, to have a strong opinion at this moment. And that makes sense. But just, just so I'm clear, it sounds like, you know, you might prefer Raleigh, but you'd be open to putting a team in Charlotte if that's where major league baseball would prefer it. Is that right? I think that's fair. Okay. All right. Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I know you probably can't go into a great deal of, of specificity here, but when you mention the process of trying to bring a team, what, what, what does that entail to the best of your knowledge for the folks out there that don't have any understanding of how such a thing might work? Um, yeah, I mean, look, you, you start kind of an organizing committee and you try to get – you build a website and you try to get fans interested in – would you buy season tickets and you have to design a stadium and find a place to put it and work with companies on, you know, suites and sponsorship. And you just sort of start building a whole plan. And then, then you have to look at the math, right. And figure out how are you accretive for major league baseball, right? Why should they come here? And, you know, how do they know that you're going to generate the revenues to enhance their league? And so there's, that's uh that's a long process, right? There's a, there's a lot you have to do besides just say you want something to make it to where the other person wants you to have it. Yeah, that makes sense. Has there been any contact with Rob Manfred or that you can share? Has there been any informal discussion had about all this? I mean, anything you can share on that front? No, I haven't had any conversations. There, I think many markets have had many conversations with all sports leagues just in general. That happens all the time. Like, I think, I think it's obvious when you have a very successful league like major league baseball that everywhere that doesn't have it probably would like to. And uh, I'm not sure how valuable those conversations are until you put something behind it. Right. Like I would, I would, um, I would think that we'd want to be prepared before we had any, 
you know, you want to present yourself in the, in the best possible light when you actually try to be taken seriously. So, you know, I think about the, the deal that, that you just struck with Raleigh, you know, and, and the municipalities out there to get the, the PNC deal done and to bring more to that area and surround it with more development and things like that. Um, there are criticisms that come with, you know, cities and, and governments jumping in to fund stadium ventures and things like that. Um, how much will that maybe factor into any decision, theoretically, as to where to take this team? I mean, is it looking for the most public money? What, what do you think about how that should be done? Because there are a lot of those deals that have gone bad for the taxpayer over the years. Yeah, I, I don't know about what deals have gone good or bad. I, I, I think that, you know, everything comes down to whether it's feasible, right? So there's com- some combination of fan support, sponsor support, stadium, location, TV, you know, all those things are going to be factors. So I don't think you would ever think it's going to come down to any one thing. But, you know, clearly all the things you mentioned are some of the variables that have to be considered. People like to tell me sometimes that uh, baseball is a dying sport, Tom. Uh, it sounds to me that, that you don't disagree, you don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think that's kind of silly. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who these people are, what their qualifications are to make conversations like that. But you know, just in general, people as an in aggregate don't know much. <laughs> I like the way you put that. That's yeah. There's some truth to that for sure. Any idea what you yeah. want to name this team, Tom? Just off the top of your head, what, what would you name this team? I have no idea. Can I float I, one for you? Give it to me. All right. If you if you were to end up putting this team in Charlotte, I like the Monarchs. I like yeah. the Monarchs a lot. What do you think about that? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not into those. Like, right. I don't get too much into that stuff, and it's so like I want to just get to work on figuring out if we can even get one. I'll leave the name. We'll call you when it's time for a name. If we get that far. I appreciate that. Are you like, cause I worked in minor league baseball. I worked in the Yankees organization. So when I joke about being your radio guy, I do have the experience, but I also pulled tarps in the minor leagues. Like is, is Tom a pull the tarps on a rain, on a rain delay type of owner or, or no? Absolutely not. No, I don't blame you. Yeah, no, I grew up, I grew up pulling a lot of mowers and, and, uh, I found out. I found out that's not my calling. I'm, I I did all the work I needed to do outside when I was young, and and uh, I liked air conditioning better. Good for you. Good for you. Now, real quick, I'd, I'd be remiss not to to ask you a question about the hurricanes before I let you go. Uh, things out there generally going pretty well, I, I know. But uh, you know, what are your what are your thoughts going into this season and uh, what this team can accomplish? All you can really accomplish in the summer is make sure you have a team that you believe can compete to win. And we definitely have that. Now they got to play. But yeah, I think, I think we're pretty happy with where things are, but you know, obviously it's difficult when all there, when there's 32 people trying to get one thing, um, the chance of it being successful, uh, I think our odds are better than one in 32. I'll say that. Yeah, that makes sense. Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, maybe the future owner of a, of a professional baseball team here in the state of North Carolina with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you, buddy. Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, with us once again here on a Tuesday afternoon. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.